Hello and welcome to Danger Untold, episode eleven, the Obelite. or Obelique. Tonight is going to Obliette. Tonight, one of the many <laughs> questions we will be posing as we look at another chapter of the fantasy classic that is Labyrinth. I must say Battle Royale then for some reason. Um, I am your host, as always, Edward Jones, and joining me, of course, is our guide to the labyrinth, the one and only Miss Emily Slade. Hello. Um, tonight we are obviously talking about one of your favourite chapters. Hell, they're all my favourite chapters, but yeah. But the one that you sort of like pointed out there the into I'm midfield like, and it's like going to hit a zinger tonight. Oh yeah. So what is it about this scene that you like especially? Because obviously last episode we were hanging out with Helping Hands and Todd, mm-hmm. which was really fun. And mm-hmm. um, now we're obviously in this room with no doors and if I remember right for my fancy gaming days uh, these sorts of rooms are just basically designed for holding prisoners or in the case of Labyrinth for putting people you want to forget about yeah um, I imagine it's like a real historical thing taken from like the French or whatever but it's oh my god like where do i even begin okay i'm just gonna guide us through this episode okay. um because it's fucking amazing um so it's a great start we've had our trapdoor slammed down and we're in like a spotlight in this like pitch black cave and you're like shit what is going on we then cut immediately back to the castle where jareth is in a new outfit looking great in like a silky pirate shirt that's black with black leather gloves very nice brilliantly set up shop surrounded by all of these goblins which are always really fun to go back and look at um the different choices made by the puppeteers um he's incredibly concerned because she should not have got as far as the oubliette she should have given up by now but then it's fine because he tells us so a little bit of foreshadowing in this episode that Hoggle is going to come and take her back to the beginning and then hopefully she'll soon give up. And then he does the classic like, <laughs> well, laugh. And all the governments laugh, um, which is very Terry Jones. It's very, it's very like 80s, 90s villain of like, come on laugh great love it big fan big fan um and he throws the crystal ball into the air which was iconic and then we're back in the oubliette and a light appears and we get to see the set and it's basically it must have been like it looks like a set from legend yeah that they've just like rented for the day because there is glitter (laughs) everywhere and it's amazing. There's like these big waxy candles that are just soaked in glitter that I must have. Market them. Like, come on, man. The wizarding world of Harry Potter can't be the only thing that go into the ridiculous details to market things to people. Like, I'm a millennial. I will buy those candles for like $24.99. Like a pack of two to four big waxy oubliette candles that look exactly like the ones from the movie i will pay money for those Hmm. like let me give you my money um so good her delivery of the line who's there 
it's iconic. It's queenly. Like, she's so easily... Jennifer Connelly so easily could have gone down the sort of basic choice of, like, who's there? But she didn't. She did this very fed up sort of who's there like she she's on her guard she's on the defense like she's ready to fucking fight you in this fucking labyrinth that she's sick of um but it's hoggle and she immediately changes her demeanor and she's like oh it's my bestie from the beginning and he's like i'm not your bestie uh because hoggle has so many issues um it's so fun. There's like skeletons in the back, which I'd never noticed before, which is amazing. They have the lovely little establishing conversation about how Hoggle loves jewelry um, and a really lovely moment as well where we have this sense of um, the the two worlds coming together where she offers him her bracelet and he's like, what is that anyway? And she's like... Plastic, and he's like, Oh, plastic. Um, and that's really fun because you get the idea that there isn't plastic in the labyrinth, no, there wouldn't be. Um, there's not polymers, which is really, really great. Um, and then some actual real life magic happens in front of your eyes, literal, actual witchcraft appears on screen and no one did anything about it at the time it blows when i first saw this my my life changed my life had already changed like 30 minutes ago when jareth first appeared on screen but oh my god like i think i gasped out loud um when i first saw this it Oh, God. Okay. I'm just going to go straight into it. So Hoggle moves aside some, like, top from the floor and lifts up just a slab of, like, wood, like a wide plank of wood. And he pushes it up against the wall. And already you're like, amazing. You've made a fun little door. Like, that's enough for me. That's adorable. I love it. And he opens it up, and comically, all of these pots and pans fall out, and it's all very clumsy, and he kicks them aside, and he's like, ah, wrong door, and you're like, ha, 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 classic. And he shuts it, and he locks it. And then, he goes to the other side of the plank of wood, and opens it that way, and it's a door out of the oubliette it's magic it's actual real life magic it blows my mind every time i see it it's the most creative imaginative masterful piece of cinema fuck off citizen kane the door in the oubliette from Labyrinth is the greatest cinematic moment of all time. Okay. <laughs> yeah, the door is... I'm going to end up working backwards here, just uh, now that... Uh, yeah, yeah, fill in the gaps, fill in okay, the gaps. Okay, so starting with the door. The door itself is one of the probably one of my favourite magic door sequences. There's another... Uh, instance of someone doing a door where they draw it, draw it in chalk. 
And I remember, mm. I remember, that I, it's really bugging me now. I can't remember what it is because I know that they draw the outline of the door in chalk, and then he's like, "Oh, we forgot, <laughs> forgot the knob," and he like draws the door handle on it, and then it opens up out of the wall. Yeah. And I think what that, that? the Hoggle's magic caretaker door is right up there with that. And the fact that he doesn't get it right first time is just really is is what adds to the charm of the sequence. It's sort of like, oh wait, that's the broom cupboard. And it's sort of like, and, it's so, and how flustered he is by all these like pots and pans that are suddenly like falling on him. And I think he remarks, he's like, oh, I can't be right all the time. Um, yeah. And then, as you said, he like opens, he does it um, again, and it opens up into our next area, which will obviously be the false warnings. And does his sense of self-satisfaction when he walks in, he's like, oh, there we go. And it's all like, that's really great. <laughs> Um, the actual design of the obelisk is that right? Oubliette. Oubliette. This is the actual thing that they had in castles, and the same as this room, the only entrance would have been through the grate in the ceiling. So Sarah's entry mm-hmm. into the room is exactly the same in proper historical context, and it was often due to probably the most, some of the worst prisoners or your worst enemies is where you put them and forget about them because you know they're not going to be able to escape from there and uh, yes. this is very much the setup we have here and it kind of makes you wonder why Jaff, who's obviously so obsessed with Sarah wants to basically shove her in a hole and forget about her. There's a skeleton in the oubliette. Who is that? Jarrah's previous girlfriend? Like we don't know. Um, does he... And 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 he he implies with she shouldn't have got as as far as the oubliette, implies that there's only one oubliette. But Hoggle tells us that the labyrinth's full of them, so you know nothing is as it seems, and you know don't take anything for granted. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't. He's not concerned in the sense that like he knows she's not gonna stay there, because he knows that Hoggle's gonna come and lead her back to the beginning, which is. Why is there a skeleton in there and why didn't Hoggle... Was this pre-Hoggle? Or did he accidentally leave someone there and then they died and he was like, shit, I'm not about that life. Like, that's not me. That's not my vibe. I'll employ someone to collect people from the Oubliettes in future and take them back to the beginning of the labyrinth because that's just harsh, man. Like, that was very un-me. Maybe it's atmosphere. I don't know. Like when you go to castle tours and they've got like a wooden skull in a cage and stuff like that. Yeah, maybe it's fake. Maybe, like, someone died and their dying wish was like, Jareth, can you put my skeleton in the oubliette to scare people? And he's like, 100%, buddy. I will do that for you. Maybe it was like Dead Tom in Muppets uh, Treasure Island. (laughs) It's like, they killed Dead Dead Tom. Tom. (laughs) Long John killed him. Dead Tom's always been dead. That's why he's called Dead Tom. Oh. oh, classic. Um, um, yeah, maybe it's one of those. Maybe, yeah, like maybe there's an, a cut scene where the skeleton like watches them leave or something and it's like the skeleton on top of the, it's not the wardrobe, but like a, a doorway in The Last Unicorn that gets drunk off fake wine. <laughs> maybe it's one of those. Um, it could also be, you know, Hoggle's ventriloquist act. So he needs to amuse himself because he's going to be sitting in a hole for a while. It's not like he's got any sort of schedule. And you know you were saying that with the obelette, 
<laughs> I'm just gonna he's gonna be worse than when I try to do yeah. Japanese names here. it's just gonna be horrible throughout so let's just strap ourselves in for this um where the way the labyrinth seems to be set up it's very much like a layers of an onion you hit different areas as you go through it and they all seem to be the ring mm. so it would make sense that the hog says labyrinth full of them because this particular area probably is um, whereas when we get into like the the Faris area or we get into the sort of garden maze rings, it'd be less likely that they'd be there because there'd be no way to for someone to go down. Whereas where we were before, um, it 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 was a pretty obvious sort of like uh, trap that they would have set up with the uh, with the yeah. four guards. Um, yeah, that's very true. Also, what sort of like evil overlord? Um, doesn't spring for like a big monitor or something for his evil deeds and just makes everyone crowd around one tiny crystal ball. Jarrett. It's, it's just cutting corners. I mean, yes, you spent a lot of money on like the uh, the big room at the end, and you know, and um, and and I know Goblin Labor's probably not cheap. The amount of people he's got working for him, but still, it's all like spring for like a big cauldron or a magic mirror or something having. You and thirty of your your homies crowd around a tiny goblin, a tiny crystal ball. It's just the aesthetic of the thing, man. I feel like Jareth was probably trying to look at the crystal ball by himself, and all the goblins were like, "What are you doing, Jareth? Can we come and have a look?" And he's like, "Oh, leave me alone." And they're like, "What's he doing? What's he doing?" And then he just starts talking out loud because they're there now. Mm. And he's like, uh fine. They're just waiting for another musical then, number. Like, don't let them in your throne room. Yeah. That's the thing. Is... They've probably just finished a musical number and they're taking five. <laughs> and they're all, they've all got like their like fruit shoots. And then Jareth's like, I'll just like check in as to where Sarah is. And then he's like, shit on it. She's in the oubliette. Yeah. And they're all like, she'll never give up. It's like, yes, thank you. Um, when I want your opinion, I'll ask for it. Right, pipe down. Sounds like one of our recordings. <laughs> what? I'm the little goblin. No, it's sort of like, it's like when I want. Never give up. When I want your opinion, I will ask for it. <laughs> um, but it's very symbolic, really. The fact that she has to hit the lowest point, and how do we do this? By putting it into a dungeon, where the only way is by going up on this way to the side. So it's uh, mm. very, and when we look at what follows, it's her basically building herself back up and getting on the rise because she's finding allies. She's uh, got Hoggle as her sort of like psychic at this point. When she hits this, enters into the scene, she's on her own. So she's essentially at her lowest point. She's being beaten down by the labyrinth. And it's only the fact that yeah. Hoggle takes pity on her and doesn't know what plastic is that uh, she's able to sort of well. build, start building herself back up. Yeah, she, like, learns to negotiate and she's, like, being very sort of good on herself. She's like, no, I'm doing really well. Like, I've come really far. Like, this is fine. This is a minor setback. Like, this is okay. And then it always weirded me out as a kid. I never quite understood the conversation that followed where Hoggle... And I don't know if it was Hoggle's performance um, where he's, like... Yes, you're doing really well, but it's it gets harder from here on now. And she's like, "Why do you care about me?" And I'm like, "Whoa, Sarah, I didn't. I think I, I didn't interpret that as him like 
suddenly being really caring. I think he was just making conversation, Sarah. Not everything's about you. Like, it always just didn't quite sit right with me, the flow of that conversation. Um, and then it, it, it justifies itself by him being like, oh, well, you know, I do care. Nice young girl, horrible black oubliette. And it's like... <sighs> Where did this come from? Like, the last time we spoke, you were an absolute dickwad. And now you're suddenly being quite sympathetic. It's a very sudden change of character from Hoggle that I never that never quite sat with me because it wasn't given enough build-up. Because even his entry into the oubliette, she's like, who's there? And he's like, me. <laughs> and you're like, oh, fuck, it's you. Which well, she's not. She's like, oh, it's you. Like a friendly face. Um, and then his concern for her does seemingly sort of come out of nowhere in my mind. I think it's, you know, uh, respect the fact, she, the fact she managed to get as far as she has. When he she's first introduced, mm-hmm. he's kind of still very bratty. And got these big ideas of what the fantasy realm is because of things she's read in books rather than, you know, getting out in the so-called real world. Um, it seems weird to call a fantasy world the real world, but when he, this is obviously his world. So the fact that she's been able to adapt, she's able to, he knows what's in the labyrinth. It does a bunch of things designed to screw with you. And the fact that she managed to make it as far as she has as far as sort of like a grudging respect that he now has for her. Um, and let's face it, she's he's the closest to a friendly face she's encountered in this world. I mean, who else has she seen? She's seen like the four guards who were just there to screw with her, the little goblin people. The worm, I guess, would be a friendly face, but, you know, um, he has got... Um, <laughs> I had it all set in my mind where it was until we started this project. Um, yeah, he's busy dealing with his home life. He's not got time to be going off adventuring, so. I get why she's happy to see him. Um, I think his turnaround, um, for me, if I was script doctor, it just happens a little bit too soon. He needed, he needed just a little bit more build up of showing sympathy and empathy for her, um, but then he's such a complex character, so I guess it does make sense in the grand scheme of things. He's very flippant. Um, but they agree, they negotiate, and he, um, instead of taking her back to the beginning, he'll take her half, he'll take her as far as he knows, or whatever it is. Um, and then she's on her own from there. And, and it's it's quite a nice exchange that they have where he like repeats back to her as if it's his own idea. Um, he's a fun character, Hoggle. Um I'm just being picky. But then he does the most amazing magical thing ever in the history of cinema immediately after, so all is forgiven. And what would that be? Opening the magic door. Oh, okay, of course. <laughs> it's so good. Like, come on. Like, email in, go to Insta, go to Facebook, let us know, because that fucking door blows my actual mind every time I see it. The first time I saw it, I think my heart actually stopped in my chest. Like, I was just like... I think I, I think I stood up and gave a round of applause to Jim Henson, like a standing ovation. Maybe I'm exaggerating. Who's to say? I don't know. But, like, in my mind I did because I was just like, nothing is ever going to top that. Ever. 
Like, I watched Infinity War and Endgame back-to-back, midnight viewing. None of that. None of that topped the door in Labyrinth. I watched Citizen Kane. Mm -mm. Nothing beats that door. Like, it's just... And I really paid attention this time. And you can see, as he shuts the broom closet, you can see the light behind the door appears for the exit before he opens it again. But it just like I like like it's all one shot like it's like it's all one shot there's no cutaways it like it's all in real time it's a magic door that exists somewhere in like Brian Henson's house that they brought to set it's just it like of all the doors the magic doors in movies of which there should be a top 10 somewhere I'll write it don't worry about it I'll get on that what um, magic doors? Or magic portals? Yeah, like the, the chalk one, chalk one from Pan's Labyrinth. Obviously, the wardrobe from Lion the Witch in the Wardrobe. Um, the Moria door with Melo. Um, so many magic doors in movies, but but this is this is absolute number one magic door. Okay. Be- Beetlejuice. I think they do the chalk with the door again. Oh, that's where it was. Um, I, th- I think that's what you were yes, thinking of. Yes, it was yeah. definitely because yeah, it's um, the reading for the. For the book, um, and mm. yeah, and then, then he remarks, "Yeah, I've got the knob." Oh God, I feel better now. <laughs> I can go to, I can go to sleep now. It's uh, not going to yeah, sit up. Yeah, just sleep like sleep easy. What is it? <laughs> Where was that door? It's like um, so many magic doors, but absolutely none of them top. Um, the door yeah, uh, it's just... a obsessed with it and i can't be the only one like come on people of the world tell me you love the door i need a t-shirt with that door on it i need bed sheets with that door on it i need that door in my house i love that door i love the oubliette i love its vibe like going forward in the labyrinth we're going to get to much sort of more mazier places more greenery we're going to meet lots of different creatures and go to lots of nice places but the vibe of the oubliette is very legend it's very never-ending story it's dark it's misty there's like glitter fucking everywhere like it's just really really fun aesthetically for such a short scene, it's so iconic. Like, I'm sure it's what everyone thinks of when they remember Labyrinth. I'm sure it is. <laughs> I'm sure this is, like, right up there. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Um, but we're coming up on one of my favourite scenes soon, so we, nice. um, everyone can go and question why I like it so much as well. But... Um... <laughs> But yeah, I think as I say, it's a it's a fun sequence. Definitely keeps in track with more magic world establishment. It's it's all about establishing. You're further reinforcing what this world is, which is a world where you know magic exists and everything can is essentially possible if we choose it to be so. So by the fact that you mm-hmm. have this magic door, it makes any number of things that that appear in the rest of the film possible. Such as there's a scene where they go up the ladder. And they come out of the vase, and we see clearly there is no bottom. It's standing on a table, mm. and we don't we accept that. And this is essentially yeah. subliminary. 
setting up in our minds that you know this is uh, the case. Although part of me would love to have seen him get it wrong again, just have some pet or something behind one door. Um, yeah, I mean, power of three. I'm just saying it's. Um, but I feel that you know when you obviously question like the jump in the relationship, I think as much grudgingly as we have to like admit this, this is a children of children's film originally, so children mm-hmm. aren't particularly deep on, you know, the connections you make with people. The child's mind essentially works as we know this person, we meet them again, and they don't want to kill us, and that makes them their friend, or a friendly face. Um, yeah. So that's how we can how we can sort of interpret the relationship, but we can look at it a little bit deeper and understand the fact that the Hoggle, being you know the working class dwarf that he is, is probably going to respect someone who's not given up at this point, knowing exactly what was between point A and and uh, where she is now. Um, so yeah, you yeah. probably knew about that worm as well, sending in the wrong direction as well. Could have saved so much time. But then Gimme wouldn't have got to hang out here. But then, yeah, she wouldn't have learned many valuable lessons. Yeah, well, it's the thing you've got to question. It's sort of like, you know, you can skip to the end, but would you have the power that you need to defeat Jareff? Exactly. Or is it the journey that gives us the power? I mean, is this like the alchemist, where it's the gold that we see in search, where it's always been inside us all along? It's the friends we made along the way. That's what it's all about. That's the true. That's the true treasure. <laughs> the friends we made along the way. Um, but the oubliette is great. There needs to be more shit that I can buy. Surely I can buy. I'm just gonna. You can look if you go to any like witchy sort of shops. You can get those sort of candles, and then you just need to glitter them up with like a glitter spray or something. Ideally, something non-flammable because those candles are going to burn a whole lot quicker. <laughs> otherwise. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it needs to be like soy or beeswax because candles are bad for the environment. Um, oh, someone. Oh, Ko makes things um, on uh, WordPress.com. In 2018, did a labyrinth viewing party. It looks fucking incredible. Congrats, whoever this person is. They've got like bubbles from the ceiling. They've got the like oubliette candles. Um, that they've made themselves very nice very nice tells me how to make it myself I'm not going to do that KO but thank you um, beautiful beautiful got the little labyrinth book got the crown oh they've gone all out congrats on this oh, oh they've got the little eye things in the wall oh they've got the lipstick on the arrow oh my god this is amazing well done I want a labyrinth party um, so yeah, check that out. That's good. Ko makes things dot wordpress dot com. Just found, just came across that randomly, but uh, great. Awesome. Uh, anything else you want to bring up at all? Um, I don't know if I mentioned the door, but the door is the best thing in the world. <laughs> well, that brings us to the end of tonight's episode. Thank you as always for listening, and thank you obviously to my co-host Emily. Thank you, and thank the door. <laughs> if you want to uh, follow us, you can do. We are on Instagram, we are on Facebook, we are on Twitter, so you can come and interact with us there. Let us know what your favourite uh, scenes are, what you think about the door, 
uh, all that sort of fun stuff. Tell us what you think about the dog. Um, if you haven't done already, please do hit the like and subscribe button if you happen to be listening to us and leave us a review as it all helps raise the profile of the show. But until next time, thank you as always for listening and make sure you join us again for Chapter 12, Pause Alarms. Until then, good night.